Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. In this standalone episode, we have a sponsored lunch interview. This is a series where we emulate a first-time business lunch with a vendor or entrepreneur where I can hear the pitch and ask my basic questions about the offering. It's a sponsored interview, so I'm not going to go on the attack or anything, but I don't do that in real life anyway. What you hear is exactly the type of conversation I would have with someone in real life during like a 30-minute lunch where I'm hearing about the product for the first time. And with that, here's Paul Zimski, VP of Product Strategy at Automox. Awesome. Paul, great to meet you. So what exactly does Automox do? Yeah, so um, Automox is really about giving the ability to act. Um, and what I mean by that literally is the ability to affect change across uh, across systems and in a state. And essentially, since we've been uh, founded in 2015, about 3,000 or so different organizations have moved to us for that ability. And they present in ways that are similar, whether they're large or small. Uh, they're they're typically uh, typically struggling with a few different things. Um, one is that they've got a lot of complex on-prem tools to manage their infrastructure, their endpoints, servers, et cetera. Um, they've got VPN dependence, um, uh, which is sort of crippling their their uh, their visibility and even ability to manage those systems. So they've got to ask their end users to please connect back into them uh, to, to to even see what's going on. And from a multi-cloud perspective, there's, their stacks get com- complex uh, when, it, when it comes to managing um, less ephemeral systems, like virtual um, instances across multi-cloud. And essentially what we're doing is, is delivering or bringing a, a, an action engine to them that's cloud native, uh, that doesn't require any, any on-prem uh, infrastructure. And if you think about what we do, or if I can encapsulate what it is we actually do, what we're, we're, we're giving the ability to, uh, to patch essentially any, any endpoint anywhere across Mac, Linux, and um, uh, Windows, uh, we can configure and deploy, uh, make configuration uh, uh, changes, deploy software. We sync with EDR and vulnerability management tools. So any, any system that basically can share with us uh, a host target and a CVE, we can consume into, into our workflow. Um, and we have the ability to, to uh, uh, essentially uh, package up any any scriptable payload, which is what we call worklets, um, and say in any PowerShell or Bash script, we can we can attach to an automated policy to take action on a system. And so that's that's what Automox is really about is about you know that ability to act efficiently across uh, uh, infrastructure and really sort of bridge the gap between SecOps and IT ops and and sort of change the the mode from hey we can discover a lot of problems, but then we have to sort of Toss over to the fence, like what we want, over the fence to the IT teams, what we want to actually affect change on. Okay. Couple that. Okay. So, really interesting. So, it's not so much, you say you integrate with vulnerability management, but you're not so much vulnerability management as the action part of that equation. Correct. We, we, I mean, we look, we have, we can 
we've some we have de- declared a policy um, engine, so we can say, hey, outside of vulnerability management, we can say, hey, these types of patches should be applied to these types of systems um, uh, with this regularity. But what's really interesting is our ability to sync with with Vuln scanners and go, hey, if you've got a list of of target IDs and a list of CVEs, we can consume that into into our tool and then go ahead and and act against that. And that's been one of the most powerful sort of uh, go-to-market um, motions and, and problems we're solving for our, for our customers in, in terms of, hey, how do you actually operationalize what you want to go um, remediate against based on, on your, your vulnerability management program? Okay, so interesting. So you mentioned earlier like an action engine. Is, is that the way you encapsulate the program is like a, a way of taking actions on the three major platforms? Yes, that's literally how we think about ourselves. It's just that that we are here to make action more efficient and more quick and and more automated uh, for for our end users. Um, and uh, yeah, we have a, a lightweight agent under twenty megs uh, uh, footprint that installs on the major operating systems. It essentially just beacons back to to our 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 service. We're a cloud native SaaS offering, and we've got constant telemetry. Um, and and sort of a, an infrastructure-free backplane for management uh, for, for systems. Um, patching is definitely one of the big things that we do. It's sort of the, the you know the, the broken thumb that everyone has right now in terms yeah. of remediation. Uh, but software deployment, configuration management, and really interesting use cases with with worklets or these these scripts is is we see folks um, do really interesting anything from just like general maintenance on systems all the way to, hey, this is an integral part of, of our SecOps um, program for um, deploying canary tokens to, to users that are, that are being um, uh, deprovisioned. So we, we can deploy or deliver almost any payload to any, any system um, uh, through this action engine. Yeah, that's interesting. So um, the way that I heard of you uh, was in the context of patching. Oh, patching, you got to check out Automox. Patching, mm-hmm. you got to check out Automox. And so that makes sense. But it's one of the things that you can do because you're executing actions on hosts. So yeah. you mentioned config management is also one. Um, what what about like if this then that like um, if you ever see the the configuration get out of this state, switch it back to the good state. Yeah. So we, we have we have sort of conditionality uh, from a from a declarative nature. So if you if you say hey these are the actions I want to have occur on my systems, and that gets attached to policy. If we see drift, then yes, we will realign a system back in, in into drift. Because if it's supposed to have a particular patch or a particular required software or a configuration state, uh, we, we we do a sort of an assessment uh, 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 check or scan on that system. And if it's drifted, we will put it back into What are the main problems that you see people using you for? Obviously, patching is one, but like, what are like the top three or top five? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you the way our customers present to us is very similar. They've either, you know, the obvious one is, hey, they've they've had some sort of breach or incident, and they, they've got pain, and 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 they're they're looking for different solutions. Many times, it's just they're they're failing uh, audit, um, uh, audit external or internal audits. They're way out of compliance or uh, SLAs from from a remedi- remediation perspective. Um, they come in for patch, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. But then what happens is, uh, our, you know, what, what happens is they, they realize and they see all the different um, capabilities that we have, and they start building their own worklets. Um, we have a, a catalog of worklets that are that's built into into the the, the the platform. We also have a pretty vibrant uh, community that builds and shares worklets. Uh, but but when I when I talk to our customers that are really using us um, 
or you know that we've really become part of uh, or the, uh, essentially what they're pivoting around for all their endpoint management. Um, they've got really large work li um, libraries and uh, that they've they've built themselves. Mm. Uh, and uh, and essentially they can take those worklets, they can apply them to this this declarative policy engine and go instead of just a bunch of scripts that we're dealing with, you know, ad hoc, now we've got a, a really structured way to apply this, these units of work to the systems we want and make sure that they're con con continuously configured. Um, so patching uh, for operating systems and third-party uh, uh, systems, uh, software deployment to provision uh, users, um, configuration management, we see a lot of, hey, I want to start managing uh, native security controls on, on my system. We oftentimes become sort of the agent that manages other agents. Um, oh, interesting. So, <laughs> Say more about that. Yeah, so a, a really powerful use case is if I'm going to switch uh, or, or as, as an organization, if I want to make a vendor change inside of, inside of my state um, and say I've got, I've, I'm using uh, an, an EPP or EDR from one vendor and I want, to, I want to move to a different vendor, operationally that's actually kind of difficult for me, right? Because I, I've got I've to um, uninstall politely and nicely mm. what's, what's there. Um, I've got to make sure that while I do that, I, I have other controls in place that I'm not exposing myself to, 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 to risk that I shouldn't be. And then I've got to onboard sort of a new, a new uh, platform or new agent and, and in, you know, installation of these, of these uh, more complex and, and deeply rooted uh, agents typically isn't just plug and play. Um, and so we see customers use our worklets to sort of hot swap out their, their, their uh, other, other vendors. Um, so we've become more of a control plane for, for endpoints than just a patch management tool. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so you, you mentioned worklets and you mentioned community. So a couple of the, the products that I love the most, they're not in this space, but, uh, like SEMGREP, for example, mm -hmm. and project discovery nuclei are a couple of my favorite projects. And the thing they have in common is a, an engine and a platform for modules and plugins mm -hmm. that are generated by the community. So it sounds like yours are essentially actions. These, these right. are actions that you would take, which is essentially scripting. So what, what are the language uh, that are used? How are people writing these in, in your platform? Yeah, right now it's PowerShell for Windows and, and Bash for, 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 for non-Windows. Um, so those are the two, two languages uh, currently. Um, we've definitely thought about, you know. YAML or something. Yeah, and YAML and also just like, could this even be um, in some future state, like any, any compiled code, right? Like, like why would it just be? We would want to be, uh, ultimately deliver this in any in any mode or fashion that that our community wanted to do it in. Uh, but mm -hmm. currently, it's it's basically um, uh, shell scripting. Okay, that makes sense. And then, in addition to patching, uh, you mentioned config management. Um, is, is that the main branch that people do once they get in with patching? So that they have some sort of crisis, they have to patch a whole bunch of stuff. So they bring you in, then they realize you can do more. Yeah. Um, so are they, what, what about removing software? Like make sure that none of this malicious software is there. If you see it, take these out. Yep. We can remove software. I mean, and essentially it's kind of one of the, one of the problem, one of the challenges we have. And one of the, one of the real advantages we have is you do so much. Lot. Yeah. You can do so much. It's like, I yeah. call it kind of the, the atomic bologna slicer problem is you can go, Hey, this thing's like an atomic bologna slicer. It can do anything. And people go, that's amazing. And then the next, the next question they have for, for you is, so what can it do? And you have to like, you know, right. you have to feed them with, with, uh, with the, uh, the use cases. It's almost so like you have to have a separate story based on the problem set, the, the primary problem set that they're proposing. And then after that conversation, you pivot into other things. But if you're a product and you basically say, oh, we do everything, 
then they think you do nothing. Correct. Yeah. It's like, oh, I got to build, I got to, this is a tool that marginally helps me do my job, you know, my scripting job easier. That, that's not where, that's not the mode we're in. We've got, from a patch management perspective, that is like a, that is a fully, you know, uh, uh, competitive and, 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 and built and mature uh, uh, sort of module inside of our platform. Worklets are super interesting and, and uh, deploying software, removing software built in, um, third party patching built in. Um, worklets are, are where it becomes really interesting um, because we, 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 you know, it, it's our, our end users or our, our customers really, they start going in different directions. Sometimes if, if Automux is used by the SecOps team, you'll see uh, a lot of the security oriented, like, hey, um, it, it, am I, the, the Canary token, you know, uh, use case was interesting in terms of, hey, we're, we're actually trying to manage and set a risk with mm-hmm. this tool because this is the only, this is the only platform in our arsenal that we can go out and reach out and touch any any laptop and it, it nat it behind any uh, home home router and, and and know what's happening. Um, there's other really interesting use cases where I, I ask I typically ask our, our customers, what's the coolest worklet you've ever built? And I, I get um, I get a wildly different answers. One of the one of the wildly different answers I got was, oh, well we <laughs> our marketing team came to us and uh, and asked like, hey, can you help us uh, deliver? Um, brand-approved uh, templates and fonts to our entire install base, and um, and I go, well, that's not like that interesting from a tech technology perspective, or from a you know w- uh, the, the totality of what what the platform can do. But it was super important to that to that um, uh, uh, end user because they, they said, no, you don't understand. What this did was was change us from being the, the team that that kind of couldn't do anything or always said no or yeah. maybe didn't help. To like, oh yeah, we became the team that the entire company starts coming to now. Whenever they have anything, like, hey, is it possible for you to do X, Y, Z? And the answer is generally yes. We can figure that out with with worklets and make that happen. So really, really trans transformational in terms of like, what can you do with such a powerful platform that can reach out, touch all your systems, no matter where they are, give you sort of a, a common single pane of glass across multiple operating systems. And, and, and give you the tool, the tooling to, to really manage and, 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 and deploy and automate all these actions. That's, that's actually really interesting. So at the base of any sort of space in security or even in IT, you have action. Mm-hmm. So at yeah. the very bottom, you have this action platform. So, you know, when you have the technology working, you ultimately move right into a marketing and explaining problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's where it goes back to what we were saying before, where you just have to talk about the problem set that they currently have. And then slowly branch into like all the other stuff you could do. But I love, I love the focus on action and enablement, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you're deploying fonts or you're patching log4j, right? Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and, and we do have a log4j <laughs> uh, worklet, uh, uh, a remedi- remediation script that, that we, uh, that's, that's widely used. Yeah, it's kind of a belief system, I guess, that we share with, with our customers and, and a belief system that we were founded on. And it's, that's the security outcomes. Productivity outcomes, performance outcomes—they're all—they're all basically um, reliant on being able to act efficiently, and and that's like that's legitimately true. That's not that's not marketing hyperbole. Yeah, like, totally. Hey, if I if I want to have outcomes for my business, I need to be able to actually do things. Well, and it's IT as well. It's not just security. It's like yeah. th- that's just what we need to be able to do if you're controlling information systems. Yeah, and and if you look at you know where the investment and and uh, and, and real um, evolution of, of a lot of our industries. A lot of our uh, uh, have been. It's it's like we're really good at monitoring. We're really good at discovering. We're really good at saying, "Hey, I have a problem," um, 
And but when, when you when you look at like our ability to respond or act, it's kind of like lowercase r, you know, like it's yeah. lowercase a. And so this is really just you know how, how do we how do we give that you know that backplane for action, and how do we make it you know uh, powerful but simple to use, and then how do we automate as much as we can, and 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 literally like just the just the act of being able to say hey I've built these worklets I have these actions I've got these patches that I want to de- to deploy I want these types of actions to always de- be deployed on these types of systems and yeah. like and, and 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 make that happen oh you know consistently for me like that that's a major calculus shift in terms of how many people at, like the labor hours required to push buttons and and interact and try to manage systems that are just going to go out of alignment let me ask you this about inventory so mm-hmm. uh, i believe that people not knowing what they have is one of the biggest problems in it and therefore in security so how many people are using this and just saying I just need to know everything I have. And do you have any sort of visualizations or dashboards that are oriented around asset management? Yeah, so we do We do have an inventory uh, sort of workspace and um, we pull back all sorts of just metadata of, hey, here's the systems, the chassis, the, the current state of configuration, this, this, the installed software, um, hardware, et cetera. And we actually have, we have customers that, that um, that's one of their primary use cases. And it's-, and it's I imagine. And uh, yeah, and and not just from a from a you know uh, an inventory or asset you know feeding the CMDB sort of sort of uh, uh, use case. It's from a security perspective. Um, uh, I, I had an interesting conversation where um, I was talking with the SecOps team, and they were like, "We have to have your inventory. Um, this is like a major, mm-hmm. this is an major part of our of our operation." And I'm like, "Why? Why is inventory so important to you from just the pure security perspective?" Like, well, whatever our EDR. Um, throws an alert and we have an incident, the very first thing we do is go back um, with Automox and and enrich our dossier and go, okay, what's changed on this system between like Monday and Tuesday when this when this alert uh, uh, kicked off? Because um, from a pure inventory perspective, we don't ha- necessarily have that visibility in our EDR. We have the process walking and, and, and sort of the, the behavioral changes but not what was new and what what changed on the system. So uh, so how would Automox know that? Like, wh- what are you running to figure that out? So uh, this is we, we just have sort of historic snapshots of like what what is in in uh, what is in in the inventory. There's not uh, native like alerting as as to say hey this this change between. Um, oh, you're saying you took a snapshot of the inventory and you can look back and compare the snapshots. Yeah, you can go look back and compare the snapshots. That was done outside of Automox. I was done in in. Oh, okay. But just the data itself is is super powerful in terms of like what's what are on my the visibility on my system and then the historic knowledge of, of what's changed at my systems. Yeah, interesting. What what sort of challenges are, are you facing? Like, wh- what new features do you have coming out that kind of address those challenges? Yeah. So um, the the big cha- the big challenge that that we're solving for our our user base um, that's really the the hot button right now is. Um, how do we align and sync better um, with vulnerability management tools? Mm. And so right now we have we have uh, uh, the capability of, of what we call VulnSync, which is our ability to basically consume um, reporting artifacts from from uh, uh, EDRs, from vulnerability management uh, platforms or scanning platforms, and generically from anything that can give us sort of a tabulated uh, view of um, assets and CVEs. 
we've uh, we've built uh, more automated workflows with some sore fabrics doing uh, to, to sort of just get a more uh, platform to platform uh, integration going there. And that's something that we're going to be evolving over uh, uh, shortly over time is, is to really go, how do you just make it a, a completely automated consumption engine um, as as a, a, a volume management or SecOps team is coming through, scanning their environment, deciding, um, you know, on prioritization uh, and, and, and really needing to, to, you know, hand over the playbook to an IT ops team, like making that uh, fully automated into the IT ops workflow. Um, so can you walk through like an example of something like that? I mean, once the feature is out there, like what would that look like? Yeah, so um, I'll pick Rapid7, right? So okay. I'm, using, I'm using Insight VM. I'm scanning my environment um, uh, 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 regularly. Uh, currently, uh, I can create reports um, mm-hmm. in, in Insight VM. I can I can sort of upload them into into the Automox platform. I can also use Icon um, uh, Insight Connect or Icon uh, the the, the SOAR platform or the, the automation platform fabric that that Rapid7 has to automate that. Um, and, uh, you know, in the future, our vision is to have, uh, you know, a direct interface inside of the Automox platform. Like as an Automox user, I can now just select which one of my, which one of my, um, VM scanners like rapid seven, um, that I can, I can just pull directly from the platform, load all the systems that are, that are, uh, have been discovered, map the vulnerabilities, understand supersedence, understand what systems uh, I don't know about, right? Like, hey, uh, my scanner is telling me about systems that we haven't agentized. Yeah. If I, I know about systems that I'm on that the scanner isn't, that, I, that aren't talking to the scanner. So interesting things we can do, again, being that action engine is like, well, do these assets need a service account uh, put on them for the scanner to, 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 to talk to it um, beyond just an, an external. Um, interesting. Uh, so then the third-party tool, the, um, the scanner becomes like a discovery mechanism yes. to, to yep. help you get deployed on uh, even more endpoints. Yep. And vice versa, back to the, back to the sure. scanning. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of the, that's the intersection. And, and it's really been the missed opportunity in, in the industry uh, really is, is like, why don't IT tools like really, really sync and operate well with security tools? It's a, uh, hey, we found a bunch of problems and we, we throw it over the fence. And, and it's a, a kind of an adversarial um, existence between SecOps and IT ops in many cases, like there's just friction. You know? Yeah. And, one, one of the big things there um, that you kind of touched on, which is huge, is when you get that report from Rapid7 or whoever, mm-hmm. And they're like, so this problem is on so-and-so host. Mm-hmm. Well, how does that host look inside of your environment? Do you mm-hmm. know it by a MAC address? Do you know it by IP? Do you know it by host name? We would know it by all three of those. <laughs> and, and, yeah. But, but that's, that's a big part of the conversation, right? Yeah. Is like yeah. correlating the, the signal that you're getting. Yeah. There, there, there's an art to triangulating, right? Like, yeah. is it really the same, the same system? Um, and if it's, you know, if it's dated, in, you know, information in a really dynamic environment, like, yeah, you're, you're, you've got to really be, um, you've got to be really uh, 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 specific about how that triangulation works and what the rule, what the rules are for that triangulation. Because the last thing you want to do is start affecting change on a system that you shouldn't be doing it on. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, so you mentioned the integration with uh, Vuln Skinners. Any anything else coming out soon? Um, new features, new areas of, of interest? Yeah, I think you know the other the other areas that, that we're working on are just uh, um, uh, really improving um, and, and advancing. Um, reporting, right? We've got we've got a, a lot of r- really cool, like uh, basic reports built into to the platform uh, with uh, historic trending 
and there's just an in, an insatiable appetite for for our our customers in the market to be like, hey, can you I can you give me the good news report, right? Show me everything you've done for me. Mm. Uh, how do I how do I um, uh, present something at the executive uh, level so that they understand like they understand like really the we're, we're doing good work we're fixing things. we're doing good work and, and the efficiencies here are are really off the charts in terms of this used to take us you know um, you know tens hundreds thousands of hours and we had a miserable team that was moving slowly and and uh, and and not having the outcomes we wanted to like look. This this automated engine um, or, or policy just it, it it put it put so many systems back into alignment like and saved us so much work and avoided so many um, audit problems for us like this is this is you know Automox you know the Automox effect inside of an environment. Yeah, that makes sense. And then when you're seeing other competitors in the space and they're in the patch management space or whatever, I imagine there's a, a, a mix of like different spaces that they're in. But let's say you're going against other patch management people. What, what do you think they're doing wrong that, that you guys are doing better? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you, um, it's a red, red sea uh, full of, of vendors that can actually deploy patch. Um, mm-hmm. the, the last time I, I really looked comprehensively at the market, I, th- I think there were over 90 that, that I, that I, that I mm. the, um The really interesting thing about our, our journey um, is, is, is the level of, of growth and adoption we've had. So the question is, like, in such a, a large... A large environment like how has Automox um, acquired over three thousand customers? How why do we have triple digit year over year growth? Um, and and the, the answer is really just that, that efficiency calculus is mm. you know wh- what's been wrong with the patch management space is okay um, a very on prem um, uh, uh, centric way of thinking is like hey we want you as a customer to basically create your own CDN your own your own content delivery network. Um, uh, uh, host your own repositories of content. Um, mm, connect, complexity. Connect your systems back to you know complexity. Um, the other thing is is or we're only a pure play patch management vendor. We only do Mac. We only do Windows. We only do Linux. Or we don't do third party. We only do operating systems. So what ends up happening when we enter accounts is we see that it's not uncommon to see five, six, seven, eight endpoint management tools um, yeah. that are validated, and then each one of those has its own sort of Backend care and feeding from a maintenance perspective, um, and then uh, you know the automated policies or the, the engine, this de- declarative nature of, of policies, um, and then flexibility. Like how how do I extend workloads to this? How do I go beyond just patch management? So I don't want to like I, I I don't know that th- I want to be polite sure, and not sure. try and go hey they're doing all this stuff wrong. But it's like there's a lot of opportunity to improve um, with endpoint management, patch management, and just basically. Um, the having the mindset of if I'm taking the time to deploy an agent in my environment, and you know, how do I use that as as a broader action engine, and how do I do that without requiring any sort of on-prem infrastructure? How do I have constant telemetry into my systems wherever they are, especially with distributed and remote work right now? Like that's just a, a foregone conclusion that, that that you need that that capability. Um, and and how do you how do you give a really powerful experience and ca- set of capabilities? But but truly simplify the experience. Um, all right. So so would this be a good encapsulation of it? So essentially, you have all these different players in there, but a lot of them are quite heavy and they're quite focused on one particular thing. So it's got like a lot of infrastructure and it's like a big setup. Whereas yeah. you're more like, okay, we have a small agent and it does things. Yes. And and it's just like you, you cut right through and kind of 
kind of get to the point of it and say, here are the things you can do once agents installed. Yes. So, so maybe, maybe that's the reason uh, you've seen some success. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's been the primary reason for success. And then being able to quantify, like, listen, your life changed, right? Um, yeah. Like what, what did, what did this look like before and what does it look like after? Um, and if you look at, you know, everywhere in, in the, in, in across multiple industries, like this cloud native SaaS approach to a problem is it's standardized, right? Like endpoint security, security, marketing automation, like no one would sit and, and go, Oh, we want to deploy a new tool internally. So, you know, let's start figuring out where the servers get installed. And <laughs> you just go now. It's like, um, I'm going to, I'm looking for a, a much more efficient and, and operationally efficient way of, of, of managing my systems. And that's, that's essentially what, what Automox is bringing. Well, this is uh, really interesting. I, I definitely feel like I understand uh, the platform, which I, I didn't coming into it. And cool. um, I, I feel like the UL audience will as well. So that's cool. Um, anything coming up soon you want to let people know about? Yeah, we'll be at um, well, it, we'll be at RSA this summer. Fingers crossed. Yeah, um, sure. That, that, that the world is is going to get together, um, and I would encourage anyone that's there to to, to swing by and, and have a conversation with us and, and, and get caught up. So it's not right around the corner, but it's uh, coming up this summer. Awesome. Well, uh, it was a great chat and uh, nice talking to you. Yeah, Daniel, I really appreciate the time and, and the opportunity to uh, to sit down with you. Cool. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie, with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.